You're listening to Old Timey Crimey, crimes from the golden age of yesteryear. Now, here's your host, Christy and Scott. Hey, it's Old Tiny Crimey. Oh, I like that touch. That was a nice touch. <laughs> With Christy and <laughs> Scott. Scott. So we are here for you patrons this week with the story of the babes in the woods. This sounds creepy. It's kind of creepy. It's really more sad than creepy. Not to bring down the room or anything. Uh, But this comes about, and uh, we'll have a little bit of payoff at the end of the episode. Uh, Friend of the podcast, Jamie. She sent me a little something, and that inspired this whole thing. So, um, The Babes in the Woods, uh, my sources are an article from the Dickinson College Digital Museum, uh, Wikipedia, of course, an article from the Gettysburg Times, and a website called Pennsylvania Jack. Yeah, you know, you're getting a little hint here. (laughs) You know, Indiana Jones is cool and all, but he's no Pennsylvania Jack. Pennsylvania Jack. And he's certainly no Yucatan Sam, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) He's no Ohio Oslo. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know where that name came from. I was like, oh, name. No, no, I got nothing. Orville. (laughs) So, Orville, there you go. Ohio Orville. So, there are actually a couple different babes in the woods uh, murders that have happened or incidences, you know, generally unsolved. This one uh, is uh, Pennsylvania. So, it's November 24th, 1934, and we have two men, John Clark and Clark Jardine, in Cumberland County, Pennsylvania. They're out looking for firewood on South Mountain, which is near Pine Grove Furnace, and this is all around Carlisle, PA. November, Pennsylvania, firewood. These things don't make sense. No, no, there's no logic here whatsoever. You it's don't need firewood. It's so fucking cold in <laughs> it's November so in Pennsylvania. It's, it's fucking cold right now it's in Pennsylvania. December. We have like five more months of this. Shit. So they see a green blanket covering something up. And they assume that it's not firewood. It's not firewood, and it's not the deer carcass they assumed it was. Because they were like, well, maybe, you know, we're in the woods, something is here, it must be a deer carcass. And then they're like, but why put a blanket on yeah, it? Yeah, it's just a, it's a possum taking a little nap. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wish. A family of squirrels. Those are all so much cuter and less tragic than the bodies of three little girls Jesus. that they found when they lifted the blanket. Um... The girls had been suffocated uh, or strangled, it really depended, and their stomach contents, or lack thereof, showed that they hadn't eaten for a while. And remember the year, this is 1934, we're in the depths of the Depression, so, and for anybody who doesn't know, that was a time when lots of people went very hungry and had very little money. So, but they did have pretty nice outfits, not anything too swanky, but they had decent, good coats. The coats had fur collars, and the girls looked pretty similar. They all had light brown hair, gray eyes, and freckles. So possibly related? Related. Yeah, yeah, possibly related. And there's a little hitch in there that comes at the end, too. Okay. So on November 25th, so this is the next day, a man and a woman were found shot to death in, it depends on the source, Altoona or Duncansville. These are both, again, Pennsylvania towns, and they're very close to each yeah, other. So it's kind of like 601. Yeah, saying Altoona or Duncansville is kind of like saying Minneapolis or St. Paul. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's essentially the same thing, except 
Minneapolis and St. Paul are much, much larger than Altoona and Duncansville. Because you've heard of Minneapolis and St. <laughs> yeah. Paul. And if you're not from around here, where we are, you haven't heard of Altoona or Duncansville. No, no. Although it was a weird experience whenever I was in college. I went to college in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And I, uh, I picked up this book, which, and the cover of the book, I cannot remember the name of the book, but it was like some post-apocalyptic fantasy world. And the four horsemen of the apocalypse were riding over a sign that said Altoona City Limits. Oh, wow. It was Altoona, Pennsylvania in the book. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That's nuts. Very (laughs) odd. So this particular discovery, the man and the woman uh, in Altoona or Duncansville, this is over 100 miles away from around Carlisle, where the three little girls were found. So initially, there's no connection made. The woman, her breast was exposed, and she had a gunshot wound to the head and another one to the heart. The man had a gunshot wound to the head. So now we're gonna circle back around to the little girls. Pictures of their bodies, pictures of their bodies were printed in papers nationwide. There were, you know, radio announcements about it. Just people putting out the word via the media trying to get some answers. And they were death masks made of the girls' faces before burial. Just any attempt to try to ID them. People came in droves by the thousands to a public viewing held in Carlisle in an attempt to identify the girls. Like anybody who was missing children, they heard this and they came. But no one could. So they found clothing, books, and toys in the near vicinity. But any labels on the clothes that might have a name on it were ripped or cut off. But one of the books had the name Norma in it. They used early methods of hair identification. Uh, they were aided in this by... I just pictured like early identification of hair going, yep, it's hair. <laughs> that's that's a hair, all right. Yep, it's not indeed. wood. It's hair. <laughs> it's not a cat. <laughs> it's, it's This isn't even a cell phone, whatever that is. Because <laughs> it's 1930 fucking four. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely hair. They we were, think. <laughs> we think. We're 99% certain it's hair. There is a 1% chance that this is actually a steak dinner. But we don't trust Earl. Yeah. We think it's hair. I'm glad you didn't say Milton. Because <laughs> they were aided in this by Dr. Milton Eddy of Dickinson College, who was one of the, the first ones to help develop this early method of hair identification. And they did determine that the three girls were sisters. So then they figured out that the three girls were related to the man and the woman. The man was their father, and the woman was another type of relation. Not not mother, so not, not another sister. So a woman named, I'm going to butcher this, Anna Lefevre? Lef- 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 I, I, I don't May know. May I? Yeah, sure. Right where my thumb is. Lefebvre. Lefebvre. Okay, Anna Lefebvre. She comes forward, and she says that she saw a couple with three girls eating at a diner in Philadelphia on November 18th. So this is about a week before the man and the woman and were found, and less than a week before the girls were found. And the man told the girls that they'd have to share a meal. So Lefebvre, she asked if the youngest girl could eat with her and her son, being very, very nice and very charitable. And they said, yeah, sure. You know, the, the, the couple was very agreeable to this. The little girl said, quote, daddy is looking for work. I'm kind of tired, and this food tastes awfully good. And if that doesn't break your heart in two, then you are the freaking Grinch. Mm. 
No, no, the Grinch had cares, too. Um, later. The Grinch loved his dog. He did love his dog, yeah. Okay, you're Hitler. Fine, you're Hitler. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> Who isn't fully Hitler yet, but he's, he's like, really he's, getting there. He, he's, he's cocooning. Yes, yes. He's, he's cocooning. He's, he's preparing. Made, he's made a cocoon of all the failed paintings that he's made, yeah. and he's going to emerge the... The Hitler fly. <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly as great as a butterfly. And little, instead, like, little, you can, like, see the swastika patterns in the wings <laughs> flying. Beautiful red, black, and white collar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the man also tried to get work at the restaurant. He asked the owner, and he said, my children are beginning to be a burden to me. Oh. Yeah. So police found a 1929 blue Pontiac sedan near the man and woman's bodies and a suitcase as well. And so they, they determined that all of this stuff belonged to the family. They matched the license plate and figured out some stuff out. They also used some military fingerprints to identify the man. So now we're going to rewind to January 8th, 1903. All the way back to 1903. 1903. This is the day that Elmo Noakes is born in Springville, Utah. Well, my God, I hope he murdered somebody, his mother and father, for giving him the name <laughs> Elmo Noakes. I know, that's not, not the greatest name. It was probably fine back then. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, Elmo, maybe that's always bad. Yeah, Elmo Noakes. That... That sounds like if you would put that name in a novel, <laughs> your editor would go, no, you fucking change that because Elmo Noakes is not a real name. Yeah. You're not Lincoln Childs. You can't name your characters this shit. By the way, read some Lincoln Childs and Douglas Preston novels, the most ridiculous names for the characters ever in histories. <laughs> Aloysius Pendergrass. Oh my God. Federal Agent Aloysius Pendergrass. <laughs> Agent Pendergrass. <laughs> and then there was one, Professor Hugo Menses. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. uh -uh. Nope. I do not allow that. Nope. Yeah, so Elmo Noak, right at home in a Lincoln Childs and Douglas Preston novel. Other than that, don't, don't fucking do that to your kids. Well, his his brother's name was Robert, so they were just Robert like, Noakes is okay. It's fine. It's yeah. Bobby Noakes. They really just like laid the hammer down on Elmo. Uh, he and his brother actually joined the Marine Corps, and they served from 1920 to 1922. And then in 1923, he marries Mary Isabel Hayford. She had a daughter from her previous marriage, and then Mary and Elmo have two more daughters. Now, Mary's first daughter was Norma. Mm. Uh huh. And her other daughters, her, her, her second and third, were DeWilla, born in 1924. The so, yes, fuck? DeWilla Noakes. DeWilla Noakes. It's, 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 it's a rough name. Somebody has to carry on the family curse. <laughs> and uh, the much better named Cordelia in 1926. I guess Cordelia is a step up. I've always liked the name Cordelia. It's a pretty name, and it works with a lot of different things. It even works pretty well with Noakes. Cordelia Noakes. See, oh, Cord not as great as I'd like, though. See, but. Cordelia sounds like some sort of, like... Corn and hay byproduct. That's what you want to name your kids after. Corn and hay byproduct. Well, I'm telling you, uh, here you, you see the, uh, the the ears of corn go down the bale <laughs> in here, and it mixes in with the hay, and then over here is where the Cordelia is stored, and we use that to stuff pillows. Oh, God. So, really whiplash in here. <laughs> 1932. In Salt Lake City, where they all live, uh, Mary Noakes, the, the mother here, she attempts to perform an abortion on herself and subsequently dies of, and this is in quotation marks wherever I found it, 
septicemia hemolytic, which I don't think they call it that anymore. I would have texted my sibling who was in the medical field, but it was late and I was like, it's, it's, it's basically sepsis. Is yeah, I was gonna, it's blood poisoning. Yeah. So Elmo Noakes then takes the three girls to Roseville, California. He has three sisters there and they can help with the girls. He gets a job at Pacific Fruit Express. It's a pretty decent job. And then in the summer of 1934, his niece Winifred Pierce starts working for him as a housekeeper and a nanny. She's helping to take care of the girls. She is 18 and she's the daughter of Elmo's oldest sister, Pearl Pierce. And Noxy has a reputation as a good guy, no propensity for violence, got a nice, you know, decent house. Everything's fine. There's there's food in the house. It's well stocked. But then things just get, they just get weird. I mean, it happens yeah. <laughs> on this podcast, but things just get weird. In September 1934, he gets life insurance policies on the three girls, switches the beneficiary for his own insurance to Pearl, the aforementioned sister. Halloween that same year, he buys a blue 1929 Pontiac. It's always the fucking life insurance. Yeah, I know. That life insurance is really... It's never good when that shows up in one of our stories. I don't think we're ever going to get a life insurance advertiser. <laughs> I highly doubt it. Uh, nearly two weeks later, around November 11th or 12th, he, his niece, Winifred... And the three girls all take off in the Pontiac, and he even leaves behind a paycheck of about $50. That's $959 in today's money. That's a sweet paycheck. Yeah, that's a sweet paycheck. That's two weeks of work, and, and I just, it doesn't, in light of what we learned earlier, it just doesn't make any sense. In light of what we've already heard, if you're making connections, which you should be. Um... I mean, I haven't, like, really... <laughs> I think I, 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 think I, I can... I'm no detective, but I think yeah. I can see where this is going. My, my, my crumbs of bread that I've left along this trail are like boulders, you know? Obviously, him and the kids are going to kill this family that they come across later <laughs> exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> you figured it out. Ooh. <laughs> so they leave California, and it seems like they left in a real hurry. They left a lot of stuff behind. Don't ever fucking leave California for Altoona. <laughs> There's your fucking first mistake. So November 18th, as we know, we're catching up, they're seen eating in Philadelphia. And then sometime after that, in the intervening time between then and when the bodies are found, Noakes leaves the three bodies at Pine Grove Furnace. The car runs out of gas and he and Winifred abandon it in McVeigh Town. Then they hitchhike to Blair County, which is where Altoona is located. Mm -hmm. And McVeigh Town is about equidistant between Carlisle, where the bodies were left, and Altoona, where what happens will happen. Um, and on November 23rd, they try to sell his glasses. They're, they're trying to sell anything they can. Uh, they, they're not able to, but they do manage to sell Winifred's coat. With that money, or at least $2.55 from that, they buy a 22 caliber rifle in Altoona. That's around $48 today. That's a good price for a 48 caliber rifle. 22, but yeah. 22. I said 48 and you latched onto it. I did. <laughs> it's all right. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sick. <laughs> so now we're right back. We're, we've circled back to where we started. The three girls' bodies are found one day. They are uh, Norma, Dewilla, and Cordelia, ages 12, 10, and 8. And then Elmo and Winifred, uh, respectively, 31 and 18. Mm. So there is some family drama in the aftermath of the, the identification of these bodies. Um, two of Elmo's sisters are given a 90-day suspended sentence 
well, sentence is, one for each, for disturbing the peace after they harassed the third sister, Mrs. Pierce, Winifred's mother, the grieving mother. They, of course, said, we were just trying to console her or help her identify the body. We weren't trying to harass her. Um, and uh, one sister, Ms. Gibbs, said, I warned Elmo not to have anything to do with her, Winifred. Mm-hmm. Winnie could make him do about anything she wanted him to. Uh, and lending some credence to their claims that they were just trying to console Mrs. Pierce because they're such level-headed, nice, calm people, they, these two sisters went absolutely bonkers after they were sentenced. They were screaming and they were yelling and the judge had to call for order. Elmo's <sighs> brother, Robert, said, quote, There's been trouble in the family for years. I guess that's why Elmo went away. There was trouble in the Pierce home. Mrs. Pierce and her husband didn't get along sometimes. My brother made a home for Winifred. It was more pleasant there, so when he left, I suppose she felt she would be happier with him. Sometimes I don't blame Elmo because in 1930, I went away for a couple years myself to Tucson, Arizona to get away from it. I think that's just what he did. But he insisted, quote, there was nothing between that girl and Elmo, end Hmm. quote. So we have a lot of theories here. Indeed. We have five theories. <laughs> okay. So there were some people who initially thought it was a, that there was a mystical symbol of some kind on Norma's head, but a lot of other people were like, no, that's just a head wound. Calm down. Because a lot of people were like, oh, it was a cult killing. It was a cult killing. We do tend to reach for that here in Pennsylvania. We do. We really do. Yeah. We, we, we like the to reach for the least likely explanation. We are the Margaret Murray of states. <laughs> yes, we are. It's witchcraft. Then you have Roseville Police Chief E.E. E. York. He thinks it was, at least the, the girl's death, an accident that maybe they were killed by exhaust fumes, you know, from the car, carbon monoxide, and that the Noakes and Pierce murder-suicide was, or suicide pact, whatever you want to call it, depend, we, we'll never know, mm-hmm. um, was out of either regret uh, that this happened to the girls or fear that they would end up, you know, being held responsible for it. Uh, Chief York said... His affection for the children was known all over the community. Kind of contrasts with the whole, my children are becoming a burden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, of course, there's a gang theory. There's not much there. Um, you know, it was just a gang. Somebody was was pursuing him for some reason because he crossed somebody and they, they strangled the kids, left them somewhere, killed, you know, Elmo Noakes and Winifred Pierce, and that's that. Uh, pretty popular theory is that uh, Elmo Noakes and Winifred Pierce had started up a relationship but she's his niece and the family was not really thrilled with this particular situation. So they ran the, you know, the couple ran off together. They were going to start a new life, but Noakes couldn't find a job. Didn't want the girls to die of starvation. So he had them die of suffocation instead. Um, and then of course the murder suicide happened. Uh, I could see that. I could see that. I, I can see it. Yeah. I mean, it feeds into the whole creepy uncle yeah, thing. Yeah. Creepy uncle. Uncle niece, Elmo. Uncle Elmo. Yeah. Uncle Elmo and his niece. There's something weird going on there. Like, we've all known. We've all known that uncle and adult niece that seem just a little too close. Or that brother and sister that seem just a little too close. Yeah. It's, it's definitely yeah. creepy. Creep fast. Yeah. I, I, knew, I knew a brother and sister whenever I was in college. And I was friends with the brother's wife. And like it was just like, are are you are you seeing what your husband is doing with his sister, or is this just me? Does this seem a little off? 
<laughs> and then <laughs> a final theory is that uh, even though there's really no proof of it, Noakes had a mental illness. He thought something or someone was pursuing him, some sort of delusion. He killed the girls, Winifred and himself, out of desperation or trying to save them all from this whatever or whoever he thought was pursuing them. See, I'm going with my own theory. The girls, the three girls, shot and killed the uncle and niece, the father and niece, and then angry at each other, three-way choke death. I mean, it depends on when the actual killings happened, but uh, I don't think the timeline quite works out. Normal three-way choke death of, of a, an 8, 10, and 12-year-old. Three-way choke death, by the way. Name of my death metal band. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. You can't you can't be anything else but a death metal band with three-way choke death. Swedish death metal band. <laughs> That's the best kind. Absolutely. Whiplashing again. <laughs> the funerals. Um, depending on where you read, of course, sources very widely... Uh, either 400 people or 1,000 came to the girls' funeral services in December. They had, this part kills me, Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts acting as pallbearers. Oh, Don't put that on, rock. little kids. Don't make little kids carry other little kids' bodies. Jesus. Even in a coffin. That's horrifying. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. I hope we don't do that anymore. We better not. We really better not. And if we are, stop. So the Ewing Brothers Funeral Home in Carlisle actually donated their services for the, the funeral. Impressive. Funerals are not inexpensive. No, no, no. They're not at all. And, you know, somebody had to do it and they stepped up. And there's also a plot for the girls in a cemetery donated as well. Noakes and Pierce were buried nearby in the same cemetery. And Noakes was given full military honors by the American Legion. So they're close to, you know, they're, the three girls are close to their father. Um, well, stepfather in one case. The Noakes family doesn't really seem, they have their own theory uh, that they, they published in a family history. I'm, I'm sure it's just as valid as my three-way joke fest theory. Yeah, it just says Winifred Pierce died at 18. Elmo and his three kids were killed in a car accident. Yeah, mm. uh, generally when you're killed in a car accident, a bullet does appear in your head. It's just it's just how it works. There are bullets in the airbag. Well, they didn't have airbags back then, but you know, <laughs> well, it's in the gear shift. It, obviously, this was some sort of weird prototype yeah. that was that was powered by bullets. Not the best energy source out there. No, but you know they were still working on things. Mm -hmm. So, in 1968, um, along the road near where the girls were found, uh, Pennsylvania installed a blue and yellow sign that reads, "On this spot were found three babes in the woods, November 24th." 1934. 2004. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, 2004. Now who's whiplashing? It's yeah. you. <laughs> it came to the authorities' attention after a half-sister, I'm, I'm thinking of um, Elmo, but it wasn't clear, mm -hmm. um, had been trying to bring this to light for years, that Norma was Elmo Noakes' stepdaughter. She had been called Norma Noakes, in you know on her death certificate and everything so a cumberland county judge accordingly ordered that the name on the death certificate be changed to reflect reality and her name was changed to norma sedgwick i see um and they're actually uh we should take a trip case photographs newspaper articles and art artifacts can be viewed at the pennsylvania state police museum in hershey pa let's go let's go absolutely right now so we're we're putting the show on hold to go to Hershey. Cow Jamie is involved in this. Friend of the show, Jamie. 
I received a package on Saturday. And okay. Jackson said, oh boy, because Jamie always sends me the coolest and weirdest things. She once made uh, a Mad Libs, I believe it was for my birthday, out of a uh, romance story in like Cosmo or something like that. Yeah, she basically, she like <laughs> whited out, I think if I remember correctly, she whited out certain things and then had me like fill it in with, you know, like my chosen adjectives and everything. It was hilarious. I'm impressed. Yes, so she was uh, somewhere and she found this. I am holding up a newspaper. Oh my God. Is that the real deal? This is the real deal. Three little sisters stirred nation's heart when found dead in the woods. Ironically written by Winifred Van Duzer. So another Winifred shows up here. Must have been a popular name. And this is a full page. Hang on a second. Being very careful with this very old newspaper. Except for the ads, of course. Full page article. It is It is a long one. Wow. Yeah. It goes through uh, the, the secret of the woods. Um, wow, perspiration is acid. It actually <laughs> rot stockings. I didn't know. Maybe that's why my stockings are always falling apart. I love old ads. They're so funny. Um, and they're so like in incongruous with the actual content around them, talking about three small children being uh, murdered. So here are the three girls you can see. Uh, and we'll put a picture up uh, of this on the Patreon. And uh, here is uh, Winifred, a picture of her. Everybody looks so happy. No, they really don't. <laughs> Nobody's smiling. And uh, there's, uh, they called him Elmer by accident. There's, there's a little typo, Elmo. Jesus Elmo Christ, notes. Elmo looks fucking rolled hard and put away wet. <laughs> he looks stoned. He really does. I hate to, I'm not speaking ill of the dead. It's just really the kind of reality. He did, somebody took this picture when he was like not ready for it, basically. I've looked like that in many pictures myself. You know, I was, I'm not ready. I'm never ready for a picture. But so, um, so yeah, Jamie found this um, when she was out and she took it to, the, she immediately was like, I got sent it to Christy. She takes it to the register. There was no price tag on it. And she's, she's thinking this will just be a quick little transaction and mm -hmm. everything, not realizing that the lack of the price tag was about to cause the super fun incident where the cashier was like, well, there's no price tag on this. So she's like, murdered little girl's newspaper? What's the price? Can I, can I get a price check on the murdered little girl's newspaper? Mur murdered little girls. <laughs> this is the most embarrassing thing to happen since the pedophile book incident. <laughs> Pedophile, aisle three. <laughs> Pedophile, aisle three. <laughs> so yeah, a little levity to help us uh, after that that tragic story. And this is this is fascinating. This newspaper. I mean, I, I sat there and I read the, the whole article, and it's from uh, 1942. It's uh, Everybody's Weekly uh, uh, in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Holy smokes! Yeah, yeah. So you you should get that framed. Yeah, I should. Yeah, yeah. that would be really cool. So, yeah, and lots of fun ads and stuff. Believe it or not, the perspiration is acid actually rot stockings is for an Ivory Snow ad. <laughs> for, uh, I don't even, uh, he, to guard your stockings against acid perspiration to get as much as 20% more wear, heed this advice of many experts. Drop careless, old-fashioned washing methods and rinse your stockings each day with rich, thorough cleansing ivory snow. Oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I understand. I was like, what does that have to do with soap and... Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm stupid, but... Yeah. Newsflash! <laughs> cleaning your clothes. Good! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that is the Babes in the Woods uh, murders of uh, Carlisle, PA, and the associated Altoona, PA murder-suicide or suicide pact. We're not sure. So, uh, thank you so much for joining us for another old, tiny, 
cry me. <laughs> uh, we really appreciate uh, your patronage. We appreciate uh, your continued listenership of our show. And we will see you again soon. And by the way, happy holidays. Yay. Yay. Bye. Bye.